0: Welcome back to 365 Days with MXM Tune. As you know, I am Maya, a singer, songwriter, video maker, and an Oakland native. I also kind of want to be an escape artist. I'm a big fan of history too. I love untold stories, gross facts, hidden secrets, anything weird, dark, and funky from the past. Each day, I'm going to share a few of my favorite deep cuts with you. So let's take a look at today's stories. It's 365 with MXM Tune. Every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff, no, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's 365. That makes sense too. Today, in 2001, the Mexican drug lord Joaquin El Chapo Guzman escapes from Puente Grande maximum security prison near Guadalajara. His method of escape? bribing prison guards, and hiding in a laundry cart, of course, but let's reverse and dig deep into this great escape. El Chapo came to prominence and notoriety as the leader of the Sinaloa Cartel in the 1980s. It's one of the most powerful drug cartels in the world, and is known for its horrendous use of violence. They smuggle and distribute Colombian cocaine, Mexican marijuana, methamphetamines, and heroin into the United States. El Chapo was captured for the first time back in 1993, in Guatemala after a massive manhunt to find and arrest him. Other than his usual drug smuggling shenanigans, he was wanted for his involvement in the murder of the Mexican cardinal Juan Jesus Posadas Ocampo. El Chapo didn't actually go after Ocampo on purpose. He was killed by mistake when gunmen of the Tijuana cartel ambushed El Chapo. After the arrest, El Chapo was extradited back to Mexico and imprisoned at the Federal Social Readaptation Center 1, which colloquially goes by La Palma, and then transferred to the Federal Social Readaptation Center 2, which colloquially goes by Puente Grande. He was sentenced to 20 years in prison. But even once he was behind bars, he still managed his whole drug-running, crime-doing operation from prison. He basically made the prison, Puente Grande, his base of operations, despite it being a maximum security facility. I guess you don't get to be a drug kingpin without learning some crafty tricks for managing your affairs. He also lived a life of relative comfort and luxury for a prison while at Puente Grande. Many of the people working in the prison were even on his payroll, He ordered whatever food he wanted from a menu, including lobster, kept up with his illicit businesses by cell phone, and even had the opportunity to accept a variety of visitors. Despite this relative level of comfort, El Chapo still wanted to escape because he feared being extradited to the United States, where the prisons would not be so lenient with him. On January 19, 2001, a paid-off prison guard opened his cell and escorted him out of the prison in a laundry cart. The prison security cameras were disabled, and he was driven off the prison grounds by one of the prison guards. And just like that, El Chapo was freed from prison, for the time being. When word of the escape spread through the prison and to the world beyond, chaos ensued, and the Mexican government said that they would launch a massive manhunt ASAP. During the manhunt, the Mexican army ransacked the nearby towns to the prison, looking for El Chapo in houses, government buildings, and over the land of ranches. They found nothing. His associates' houses were raided, and while they were able to confiscate weapons and stolen cash, they found no traces of El Chapo. The manhunt was extended beyond the area of the prison, going nationwide, and hundreds of men were involved in the search. For the next 13 years, El Chapo successfully was on the run, moving between various ranches, houses, and hideouts, mostly in his home state of Sinaloa. Police always thought they were finally about to catch him but when they descended on a location, he'd already be gone. They began to retaliate by burning his properties and vehicles, but it didn't stop El Chapo from continuing his escapades. He even appeared in public from time to time. According to one story, he ate at a restaurant in Nuevo Laredo, where he told all the customers that they couldn't leave or use any electronic devices until he finished his meal. In exchange for their compliance, he picked up the tab for the entire restaurant. Numerous incidents like this one at the restaurant were reported over the years. During this time, El Chapo also set up complex systems of communication to be able to communicate with his employees, like sending text messages through several devices, lieutenants at wireless networks, and public Wi-Fi to avoid detection. El Chapo stayed free through the terms of three different presidents of Mexico. Reports of his death came in sporadically throughout these years, but they all turned out to be false. The government was finally able to get close to El Chapo by working to break his closest lieutenants and finally being able to arrest cartel chiefs, he was finally rearrested in February 2014 at a condominium in the beachside resort town of Mastalan. At the time, he was regarded as the world's most wanted criminal. But just wait. He escaped from prison once again after this arrest. El Chapo's second prison escape is even wilder than the first. He literally had an escape tunnel built beneath the prison, and it's estimated that the escape tunnel cost $50 million to build. The entrance was placed in the only blind spot of his cell's security cameras, which was near the shower. The escape hatch began under the shower. After the second escape, He only managed to stay out of prison for about six months before being captured again. As of now, he's back in prison, this time in the United States, for the moment, at least. And now, on to our music fact for the day. But this one does have a sad ending, so here's a trigger warning for death by drug overdose. On January 19, 1992, Malcolm James McCormick was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He would later rise to fame as Mac Miller. By age six, Malcolm had taught himself several instruments— That's quite a feat for someone who's barely out of kindergarten. By his teenage years, he had moved on to rapping, which would become his forte. He released his first mixtape in 2007 under the name Easy Mac. He released his studio debut album in 2011. Mac Miller had a ton of accomplishments in his short career. He founded his own record label, Remember Music, and released five studio albums and worked as a record producer under the name Larry Fisherman. Miller tragically passed in 2018, at the age of 26. Blue Slide Park in Pittsburgh is a place of remembrance for Mac Miller, due to it being the inspiration behind his first album. The Mac Miller Circles Fund was founded to support community-building initiatives in his memory, and it issued a grant to Music Cares to help young musicians with substance abuse issues. I personally never got into Mac Miller's music very heavily, but I remember the day that he passed away, and watching my friends who spent so much time listening to his work and consuming his music and really looking up to him and everything that Mac was able to accomplish and I think that that was a really tough day in the world to to look at Mac's legacy and I think it's really comforting to even look at the world now and see just how much he touched the lives of so so many people. And now for our final segment of the day, I'm going to be going into my own photo archives to see what I was up to on a January 19th in my life. January 19th, 2015. Speaking of of crime, I visited Alcatraz Island. <laughs> That's where I have this very creepy photo on my phone that I didn't fully understand what it was for a second. And then I, it looks like it was a photo of... um what seems to be a surgery room inside Alcatraz. I guess I took a photo of it. Um, Yeah, that is unnerving. Uh, Yeah, I went to Alcatraz. And I also saw the exhibit that was on display of Ai Weiwei. Um, If you are familiar with who he is, he's a artist from China who's actually um, gotten into his fair share of trouble with the law. But it was a very cool exhibit of... Thinking about Ai Weiwei's own story um, with creative expression and being an artist and making political commentary through his art at a place like Alcatraz, which is such a historical place when it comes to being a prison. Um, So that was a very neat exhibit, and I'm very lucky that I got to do that. Thanks so much for going back in time with me. And remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you can come back tomorrow for more facts from yesterday. It's 365 with MXM2